Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Craig Burley and Shaka Hisdup. We'll kick things off at Molyneux, which hosted the early game in the Premier League on Saturday. Wolves taking on Spurs, and it'd be back-to-back -back defeats for Tottenham Hotspur. They're 1-0 up for much of the game after an early goal from Johnson, but two late strikes, a brilliant goal from Sarabia, and then Lamina with pretty much the last kick of the game would see Wolves inflict a 2-1 victory that sees Spurs third. Liverpool, though, with a win on Sunday, would see them move up above Postacoglu's side. For more on this, let's welcome in, shall we? Uh, Frank Leboeuf is with us, as is Julien Laurent. Oh, dear. It's all over. That's it. <laughs> it's not unexpected. I think there was always going to be some, some bumps in the road and obviously accelerated by stupid suspensions, which they've got, uh, and injuries which have been unfortunate, particularly the Van de Ven one, because he's been quite superb at the back, a bit of an insurance policy. So, you know, look at these players that are, are unavailable, then it's going to be difficult. And I think whilst this story has been, up until this point, a really good one, I think in reality, if he guides this team into the top four, I think that'll be a very good season. In fact, I think it'll be a great season, because you look at the teams chasing, like the Aston Villa and others, uh, there's a lot of teams up there that are going to be vying for that champion, those Champions League spots. And I think anyone who figured that they were going to be going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Man City and Arsenal, and I'm not sure there are many out there, but there are probably some, I, it was never realistic. And this is disappointing, they'll bounce back, but it's just a little bit of realism. When they lose some of their best players, the backups are not quite good enough, and I think we saw it today. Did you see enough to suggest they will bounce back? I, I did. Listen, I, I think a disappointing result, without question. But you look at those injuries, and, and going into this game, I really wondered how Postacoglu would have them set up to cope without, without Madison and, and what he does. He pushes the two wing-backs even further on, it seems, than Pedro Porro and, and uh, Emerson Royale. They push way on and, and, get, and get very narrow, almost um, two of them kind of making up for, for Madison. I then had a huge concern about Eric Dyer as a centre-back with the injured Van der Ven, how would he cope? And, and in truth, well, I, I would have thought that they would play a little bit deeper because Dyer simply isn't quick. They didn't. They played very high up the park. Davies was really good on the cover. And you saw a lot of, the, of that same Spurs DNA in this one, despite, despite the, the, um, the missing players. And in the end, just ran out of steam. A, a waiter, a, a Wolves team that are trending in the right direction and conceding twice in injury time. Are they being too nice, Frank? Who? These boys are saying, ah, it's all right. Oh, He's got, got injuries. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think they're pretty... They, they, well, Shaka is pretty uh, generous with, uh, with Tottenham. I think I'm a little bit concerned because, as Craig said, you know, they don't have any backups. Uh, they have good players, but as, as soon as somebody's missing, you can see that um, uh, he's not replaced uh, in, a proper, in a proper level, I would say. Yesterday, I mentioned that I was worried about the two centre-backs, and I saw today that even Davis and Dyer didn't, uh, didn't show me any uh, insurance that they, they can cop uh, against uh, uh, even a team like Wolves. Um, it was, for me, a generous... Uh, uh, Wolverhampton team would get everything and I was wondering when they would score and I thought they would lose without deserving to lose and they showed at the end the, the strength because of Sarabia and they won the game and they won the game deserving that, that result really 
For me, there was only one team. I was very disappointed with Tottenham, how the way they play, how shaky they were. I think they lost their mojo. And uh, the worst for me, is they might have lost their aura, I would say, where mm. we know exactly what they are lacking right now. And that's, uh, that's a concern. So, yeah, they can finish in the first four. They won't win the title, that's for sure. But they have to readjust very, very soon. Uh, Frank suggesting they're closer to relegation fodder now than top four, Jules. <laughs> I think top four is a fair objective ambition. I'm a bit more in the Leboeuf team than the Hislop team today on this game. I have to say I, was, I didn't think this was good from Spurs. They had one shot, one, just one shot for most of the game until I think the last 20 minutes or so, and that was the goal, that was it. There was just nothing else, they had the ball, but the, the creativity that was obviously lacking because Madison mostly wasn't there, I'm not sure you can replace Madison by Hoiberg, even, even away at Wolves. I, I think Postecoglou had other options. I, th I thought they were naive defensively the last 10 minutes where they should have played deeper to make sure they just, they just locked everything in and, and they wouldn't die game 1-0. If you look at the second goal, it's the 97th minute. How is it possible for Mario Lemina to run in behind like he does, to be on his own for that cross? And yeah, maybe they think he's offside, but he's just not offside. But you leave so much gap in behind between you and Vicario when you don't need to just hoof the ball down the motorway and then you, at least you don't lose the game, you just draw it. I thought it was quite naive. And I think they will learn a lot from this. The problem is Madison is not going to come for a very long time now, mm. come back for a very long time. Neither is Van der Ven. So they will have to find really very quickly another option for who can be the creative touch. Because even we saw with Son, Son was far too isolated up front, had nothing in, in the whole game, nothing at all apart from that shot that was blocked at the end. So they would have to find another way. But the answer is definitely not Hoiberg, Saar and Bissouma in midfield. Well, I think if you're looking for a bit more creativity, you're certainly looking at, at Bentoncourt. Now, maybe it was a fitness issue, and I, I don't know, because he's been out a while. Uh, did get some game time on that uh, London derby. But is it any surprise at the end that they're making these mistakes at the back when three of the back four have changed? And by the way, this is the old guard. You know, Davis, Dyer... Emerson Royale, three players that have not been in the team and not been in the team for very good reason because he doesn't fancy them, but needs must. So it's not, it's not really a surprise that they're making these mistakes because these players have been making these mistakes uh, for a while. And you, I go back to your point about it would being too nice to them. I mean, what do we expect? What's the expectations? I mean, the fact that he's superseded expectations with this run he's been on, there is always going to be some huge bumps in the road for this Tottenham side. They're not good enough to compete for 38 games. Uh, he said it himself after the game about the possession that they had. We were too conservative. He didn't like it. We're too conservative. He was asked about Madison. He said, look, it is what it is. We're missing him. We need to find other ways. Now, maybe he needs to look, as Joe said, at his team selection and his makeup of that and how he can sort of work his way around the deficiencies of not having Madison and getting other people into the game. But that's something that he's going to have to figure out. But... Yeah, the wheels have come off a little bit at the moment. And do I expect them to go on another run like they did at the start of the season up until the Chelsea game and this game? No, I don't, to be quite honest. That's the thing for me. You take your two centre-backs out, out of the starting eleven, And James Madison, I, I think we, we can all agree, has been Spurs' most important player so far this season. So you take those three out of your starting eleven, um, against again, for me, a Wolves team that are trending in the right direction, I was expecting far worse than this. I was expecting a, a far more comfortable Spurs performance. The fact that it took two goals in injury time, I think, and again, you use some of these players who he, he, was, he has been 
well, willing to overlook with, with very good reason, given what we've seen from them uh, in past seasons, and make a game of this. I, I thought and I, also I was impressed by that. Running around with nine men for the amount of time they did on Monday. It was Monday, wasn't it? It was Monday, So, I mean, it's not, it's not as if they had a week. I, I don't think that certainly didn't help as well because the amount of energy they had yeah, to expend on Monday, particularly with a high line that they, they had in the game, it is not, is not going to help, is it? I hear you guys, but uh, really, we are talking about players who have been replacing, okay, Romero, Van de Ven, and uh, Madison. And those players are Oiberg, Dyer, and Davis. They're not inexperienced players. Um, remind, I remind you that the two goals from Wolves comes in the 90th and the 97th minute. So it's not like they were, you know, they, were, they weren't lucky enough to, to keep the clean sheet for 90 minutes and then, and then collapse. That's, that's the thing that I, I, I don't like about the, that, that game is they were incapable of, okay, as uh, Jules said, drop back, be, con be conservative in that matter at the end of the game to, to keep the result. You have seven minutes to hold and you, okay, let's, let's say you can concede one goal, but two goals in seven minutes? With those players, again, it's not like young, young players. They are very much experienced players, international players. So for me, they don't have any excuses in that matter. But that, again, it goes back to that point, doesn't it? It's the same players that have been making the same mistakes for several managers. And that's why Ange Postacoglu's come in and went, uh, no, thank you. You're not in the starting lineup Now, as I said, it needs must for him. But Dyer, Davis and Emerson Royale have been making mistakes at the back now for 24 months plus, right? And that's one of the reasons that, that he's gone out and he's made changes in the back four. Three of them are missing. So I think there's a little bit of mitigation there in some sense where they're defending. Same mitigation maybe hasn't been shown to a certain club in Manchester who are in action today against uh, Luton Town, of course. A bad week for them, losing against Copenhagen. And 10 minutes in, Rasmus Hoyland here with a brilliant chance. Then, right, the deadlock. As the deflection takes it into the path of Hoyland, who has to adjust and really does well to get this on target. Bobby with a thigh and then... I uh, thought he should have headed it, really. What a I mean, save. What a save. And look at the space Garnacho's got here. And somehow he just takes 10 years to take the shot. Yeah, he, he, he gets this ball and he has no picture in his brain of what he's going to do. So he's just, he's just doing it off the cuff here. Into the second half we go and Manchester United would make the breakthrough. Lindelof with the goal. Well, somehow you knew it wasn't going to be from a striker. Set pace and Lindelof stays, back, stays up. Boyle comes back in and then comes out to him very nicely. It's a really good finish under some pressure. One that he has to lift. Does so really well. And Rashford's been under some pressure, hasn't he, this season for not replicating the form of last here at the goalkeeper? Yeah. Last year that's in because there's just, there's just no conviction or belief in that finish. Uh, but in the end, Ten Hag. Lives to breathe another day as they beat Luton by one goal to nil. There you are, Craig, they're back. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> Take that. Take that. Well, in some sense, he's been a little, you know, I was thinking <sighs> you earlier, a little fortunate off the back of uh, bad results. The City game and the Copenhagen game that he had Fulham, who have been struggling this year in Luton, who are one of the favourites for relegation. But you still have to go out and get the job done. Now, they made damn hard work of it because they were so poor in front of goal. They should have buried this game. Luton had the odd chance. Uh, that Anana had to make some saves, one off a header in particular, I think, in the first half. But, and then the, they were under a little bit of pressure at the end, giving away a couple of set pieces in injury time. But they always looked 
relatively comfortable. Uh, it was just the finishing. If the finishing was there, Garnacho, Hoyland, Rashford, if these guys were on the game, this game would have been three or four. So from Ten Hag's point of view, this was nothing more than this, absolutely the same as the Fulham game. It was just about getting the three points. What about those United fans who are shouting at the screen going, Spurs lose and they get lots of cuddles and love and excuses. Manchester United Do I have United to sit, he, I have to sit here? Still, do still. I have to sit here every week and explain this to Muppets? Right? The expectations at Manchester United from the money they have spent, from the coach they have hired and the players they have is much higher than a new guy coming in working with what he's got. Right? The, the expectations for Postacoglu, particularly having sold the best striker in Europe at the moment in Harry Kane, and where Spurs were last year, United finished third last year. They won the Carabao Cup, they were in the FA Cup final. It was time to kick on at this moment in time. They have not. You will know there is a huge difference. You're sat there with that little smirky face. It's <laughs> quite the close question. to getting I'm asking the question that people well, you're, want you're, answered. You know, you're feeding those idiots in the United support that don't know any better. Basically, is what you're doing. Uh, what any United fan will realise, Jules, and they don't need this graphic to back them up, is this lack of any sort of goal scorer. You take a look at it. Their leading scorer at the moment is Bruce, uh, Bruce Fernandes, Bruno Fernandes, <laughs> and Scott McTominay. <laughs> and then Rashford's got one. You know, we talked about the impact that we've seen um, Hoyland make. He's yet to get a Premier League goal. Yeah, that's crazy, really. And I think the, the most important line, really, is the one at the bottom of the graphic, Dan, with all the guys who are yet to score yeah. in the Premier League. Hoyland, we mentioned. But, but also the others, Garnacho and Martial and all of that, it's, it's quite, it's really, when you think about it, and again, we don't always have to go back to the money spent, but we have to in this case, because you, you, you spend all that money and yet you currently don't really have a top centre forward. And Holland might become one, and Holland has five goals in the Champions League, which means that there's clearly a potential there. But right now, you can have a thousand goals in the Champions League if you want. In the league, he's not helping them. And when I see, I know, Shaka says it's a great save uh, from Kaminski on that, on that first chance after just 10 minutes, but I'm sorry, he should bury that. He should get into the goal with the ball. He should, like, this should not be a, another chance that he misses. And there's been too many of those in the Premier League. So I'm sure at some point, Holland would come good as well domestically, like he's been in at some moments in the Champions League. But right now, this is one of the problems. At United, 100%, is that the lack of, that lack of efficiency, not being clinical enough, the XG be, being, being higher than the current, the actual goals themselves. And I'm not really sure, apart from keeping working at training, I guess, I don't know how you solve that problem. Uh, no, against Luton's not really a big difference. I'm going to the other end here. I, I, I'm presuming Jules knows a little bit about this being his countryman. What the hell is happening to Rafael Varane? He's had three players, three centre-backs are all surplus, have been surplus to requirements, basically. Mm -hmm. And one of them, Johnny Evans, who didn't play today because Victor Lindelof played, Johnny Evans only came to the club in the summer to train to help them out in pre-season. And he's playing before a World Cup winner. Jules, what the hell is going on there? So Greg Christian Craig, I don't know. When I saw him on the bench again against Copenhagen with Johnny Evans, preferred to him, I was like, what is going on here? The only reason, and I don't think Rafa himself knows why, he's back on the bench today, is it maybe because Maguire prefers to play on the right side of the two centre-backs and when Varane plays, Varane is on the right and Maguire is moved to the left, whereas when Maguire plays, Evans and Lindelof both plays on the left-hand side. 
So would you, would you not pick Varane to benefit Maguire in terms of positioning? But even that, I think it's a bit far-fetched, to be fair. So I, I struggle, unless there's a fitness issue, which uh, I, don't, I was not told there was, I don't think there is. But apart from that, I, I cannot understand how you can prefer Evans and Lindelof to, to Rafael Varane, who at the start of the season is your number one centre-back, Lissandro Martinez, your number, your number two, and then three, four, and five are Maguire, Lindelof, Evans in the order that you want. But now that Varane is fit again and fit enough to be on your bench, how you don't pick him is, is for me, underst- under- yeah, Jules. Uh, hard to understand, sorry. Jules Ten Hag explained that uh, this year <laughs> he prefers Maguire with Evans. He said it in a, new, in a, in a press conference. He said that last year he, he was uh, happy to work with Rafael uh, Varane, but he just said uh, uh, yesterday, I think, uh, during an interview, that he wants to, to have Maguire and Evans if it's not Lindelof. Uh, so it's clear that uh, he thinks that Varane is less good than the two others. Oh, big question. You know, I'm very surprised. I know that there is a problem of consistency with Varane. I know that Varane is injured a lot, but when he plays, don't tell me that he's less good than Evans and or Maguire. It's impossible. For, I mean, I mean, that's something I don't understand in football anymore. Sorry, I hope the kind of warms it. There you go. Manchester United then get the win. Uh, let's head to the late game, shall we? In the Premier League, not a good week. It's turning out to be for Newcastle. They'll probably get in his power rankings now, won't they? <laughs> They'll <laughs> have to wait. They'll have they to wait they weren't it. good today, Shaq. No, they were awful. Solanke so, would open the scoring here for Bournemouth. Yeah, a little bit of fortune in the way Bob forced Forza Solanke. Good finish, but truth be told, Bournemouth were, were far better. And while, yes, there is some fortune, no, it, it was thoroughly deserved. And then here, Solanke would make it two. Yeah, imp- improvises really well. VR had a good check at this again for a possible hand in there. It's, uh, there isn't, but uh, you, know, you know what VAR is at the moment. And uh, Bournemouth were excellent, to be fair. Yeah, Bournemouth is definitely the better team, uh, beating Newcastle by two goals to nil. Concerned, Shaq? Um, I'm concerned in that, uh, again, when Newcastle strikers go down, they're, they're, they don't have anybody to call on. The top four push last season, nearly came off the rules. Well, Reels when Isaac went down, this time now you have no Isaac, no Callum Wilson. You've got Gordon and Joe Linton trying to play your starting centre forwards. That that is not going to work at, at, at this level. Almiron comes off injured, so it, it all just kind of came apart at the seams. And, and this, uh, I guess, is a test for clubs playing in the in, in European football for the first time in, in so long. Your squad is stretched, and then and then it, it eventually, I guess, something has to give. And Quite clearly, that's that's the case. I mean, added to, added to the injuries you've got Tenali and, and his suspension, um, it's 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 a tough time for for Eddie Hall. What did you make of Trippier after the game? Of course, had an altercation with the fans, saying, "Have you seen the injuries? Have you seen what's going on? Do you mind that? Would you what? Would you do that yourself? No, because I've tried to go over and just applaud fans." at the end of a bad result and, and it's not a good place to be. Now, there's two sides to this argument. It is, it is, you know, Newcastle have come a long way and I think you should say, well, the fans should be happy, but they've still travelled, you know, Newcastle to Bournemouth, probably one of the longest trips mm. you can take, and they've seen a very abject performance and it was abject, but then there are some mitigating factors in terms of, you know, there was some youngsters 
young Miley started in the midfield and another youngster came on they've got all these injuries but listen it's big boys football now it's, it's in the league it's the Champions League it's all the domestic cups and you've got to deal with it and at the end of the day they were playing a team who have really struggled at the start of this season mm. uh, I was actually more concerned with their performance in Dortmund right. in midweek if I'm being honest because that was a stronger Newcastle side uh, and they just basically handed that game on a plate to Dortmund because they were very passive, they were very negative. And I think it was a struggle today to get going. And, and I, I was not impressed with this Newcastle side at all today, both going forward and defensively. Uh, meanwhile, Arsenal in action today against Burnley. Arteta's side, of course, big favourites, despite VAR being so against them all the time. Uh, and we would see Arsenal take the lead uh, just before the break. Brave here, wasn't it, from Trossard? It, it, it certainly was. Went in weird hurt. I mean, he stayed down for a, a long time as well. Um, but good on him in, in getting getting the start uh, uh, ahead of Enketia, and it pays off. Into the second half, Burnley would get the equaliser. Josh Brown here with the goal. Yeah, it's a good run down that left-hand side. And... Tommy Asso gets, ends up on his backside. Clearance comes in, I think it was Gabriel, doesn't get it very far and good finish. However, it wouldn't stay level for long because Saliba there makes it 2-1. Really simple set piece. Saliba runs around the back of the goalkeeper. The defender runs into the back of, of his own goalkeeper, Trafford, and, and Saliba with a really simple header. And the victory would be guaranteed with 16 minutes to go. Zinchenko with the strike. Very good finish, oh, wasn't it? Daniel Son. Says a kick. <laughs> See? It's Dad's Karate Kid, isn't it? Good Lord. You must see Karate Kid. I don't watch that guff. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Oh, Karate Kid. I'm getting better things to do. <laughs> watch Karate Kid. Um, Arsenal there with a 3-1 win. They're taking a look at what that means. Just a reminder uh, where they stand within the league. They move up to second uh, with that victory. One point clear of Spurs. City in action tomorrow uh, against Chelsea. Anything you want to say about this, Jules? Arsenal, fine. Beat Burnley. Yeah, not much. I mean, yeah. I guess you consider goal, and I think Arteta would be maybe that's the only little thing if you get a bit picky. But apart from that, I thought they looked, they were good. They could have scored earlier. They could have scored more goals as well, considering again the players who are not there, the players missing. Uh, I thought it was a decent performance. Yeah, there we go. That's enough on that. Uh, meanwhile, then Chelsea in action tomorrow. They take oh. on at Manchester City. Uh, would you like to see the last seven results between City and Chelsea? Why not? Manchester City win them in this game, pretty much. And you have to go back to 2021, which was, what was that? What was, what was that? Three years ago. Was that the Champions League final? Oh, I was yes. <laughs> I, I wondered where, where, where we were going at. I was like, that was two years ago, Dan. Was... Uh, Chelsea haven't scored in their last six games um, against Manchester City. Let's take a look at what everyone's predictions are. Uh, me and Jan going for a draw, everyone else going for so Craig, you're going for 4-0. Yeah, I, I hate Chelsea. <laughs> I just think they're going to get pummeled. Yeah. yeah. I, know, I think they're going to get pummeled. I mean, right. they made hard work of the. Uh, am I boring you? No, I'm just going to move well, on. Just don't, 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 <laughs> don't talk when I'm talking. No, I didn't talk, I just wasn't listening. Does anybody really think? You, did you put, I saw yesterday, did you put them down for a draw? Yeah, put a draw. Pathetic. Right, good. <laughs> well, I mean, 
What's, what have you seen in Chelsea and in City you think that's going to be? I, mean, a I don't know, they beat Spurs 4 1. How, how dare you? Nine <laughs> how dare you go yeah. for a draw? Oh, Come dear. on, get on the train, the Chelsea hater. <laughs> that's enough. That's enough. Uh, we'll be looking back, of course, on that game on the next edition of ESPN FC. Not if they win tomorrow, I won't, won't be in. <laughs> if it's a draw, I'll be like, <laughs> it'll be exciting. Uh, right, what's going on now? Uh, yeah, be sure to join us. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. No Bellingham, no problem. In the end for Real Madrid, Hugo Duro for Valencia. Meanwhile, be kicking themselves. He would have a number of chances, but it was the host who are much more clinical in front of goal. Vinicius Jr. with a brace, as did Rodrigo. For more on this, let's welcome in Luis Garcia. Oh, Luis, how you love praising Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, guys, when Real Madrid plays well and they are effective like we've seen today, I'm so happy because I enjoy watching them and watching a good football. Today, for periods on the game, we saw a very good Real Madrid. I was impressed once again for, with Camavinga in the middle of the park. I think he did a pretty good job uh, holding and also creating from the back, breaking those lines. Uh, Vinicius, once again, we talked about him. He was focused. He was concentrated. He wanted to show that uh, he's here at Real Madrid. He just uh, signed a, a new contract. Uh, with goal, with assists, and a lot of, of, of dynamism uh, up front. Rodrigo, once again, uh, being important for Real Madrid, he was uh, definitely a very good option after the Ancelotti decided to bring him again in the 11 start. He's been a little bit of controversy between the two of them, but today, once again, with two goals and another assist, was fantastic. So I think that all looked uh, pretty good for Real Madrid, trying to chase uh, Girona, only two points behind. Uh, but uh, from Valencia, very young team. I was expecting a little bit more, but uh, today it was all about Real Madrid. So, uh, great result for Ancelotti's team. 
Vinicius Jr. of course has set the bar really high over the last couple of seasons. Yet his first 11 games, we just see him score three goals with two assists. Last two games, he's matched it. Three goals, and here it comes. What? Stupid question time. Oh. Is Vinny better without Jude Bellingham on the pitch? <laughs> <laughs> you need a bigger trumpet to know that question. It was a trombone, actually. Hey, oh, well, uh, listen, listen, the, the, the court rack's over there. <laughs> Don't get your coat and leave the building. Uh, look, what did I say after the classical? He needs to get his head in the game. right? And I know he gets some rough treatment on the field and off it. But he needs to concentrate on what he's good at. Not trying to referee the game that he did against Barcelona. Trying to, you know, just stop and play when somebody challenged him and looking to the ref. This is the good side of him. And how he linked up with Rodrigo today was excellent. But the whole team, you know, Camavinga, I thought Camavinga was, was outstanding. I mean, Real Madrid 1-11 were pretty good. But one thing, one word of caution... Real Madrid were really good today, but that was aided and abetted by some really poor defending mm. by Valencia. I mean, really poor. You can't stand off these guys. You can't allow Cross to pass the ball. You can't allow Carvajal that amount of space. You can't not challenge in the edge of the box when Vinicius is taking shots or pick him up from cross balls into the box. And that was the big difference, particularly for 45 minutes. Valencia, Real Madrid were clinical, and that guy, Duro, uh, <laughs> that guy, as if I own him or something. Well, we're just we're talking about him because he had three really good chances in the first half to put some pressure on to make the home fans restless. He didn't do that, and Real Madrid took advantage. But that first four minutes of the second half, yeah, that was it. Just game was over. Uh, that was it. That was done. Uh, Florentino Perez led the uh, general assembly today. Do you know how long his speech was, Shay? How long? Eighty minutes. <laughs> How long? 80. <laughs> oh. Eight, and in, uh, during the 80 minutes, he had a go at everyone pretty much but Craig. Uh, he would have a go at La Liga. He would have a go at VAR. He had no idea who was drawing the lines. Uh, he would once again say the only option for the big European teams is a Super League. He'd have, he, he just was basically having a go at everyone. Uh, listening to every single minute of that uh, was uh, Julian Laurent for us. Uh, Jules, what's the point? It's <laughs> a <laughs> so good question, Dan, because we knew he was going to talk. We knew uh, at the meeting that you mentioned today there would be a speech. So we knew all of that and we kind of expected uh, a rant uh, against Javier Tebas and La Liga, something for the Super League and him to repeat them again. But still, every time we listen to him in those kind of positions... Every time there's, there's just Florentino at his best. We know how much he dislikes, of course, Javier Tebas. And to be fair, Javier Tebas doesn't like him at all either. It's really what the other represent that they hate. So I think Florentino Perez thinks that Javier Tebas is far too powerful, powerful uh, uh, as head of La Liga. I think Javier Tebas thinks that Florentino wants to be the main guy and that he talks too much. So Tebas responded today, of course, on social media, like he always does when someone criticizes him or has a dig at him, which means that we have now this kind of, again, this argument on the table, in, out there, in, in, the, in the public eye, really, which is always, 
I think the, 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 the Spanish newspapers especially absolutely love it. And for Valentino, there's nothing new, like you said. It's all about the Super League. We need the Super League. Nobody watches La Liga like they used to, which is not really true. Certainly not the younger generation. Javier Tebas doesn't do anything right. The, the contract with CVC was not right. So all the usual things that now and again Florentino Perez brings back onto the public domain. Why is he still obsessed about the Super League when there's only two teams in it now, Jules, them and Barcelona? Well, yeah, and I guess until the end of the month, Dan, when we will find out uh, if a, a judge, a tribunal, uh, declares if it's legal or not that UEFA basically killed uh, completely the Super League even before it started, or if it's against the EU law that if you want to create another competition like that, you should be allowed to, even if you're within the, the UEFA uh, family, if you want. So it, that's why he kept saying today, at the end of the month, we will be okay. We will, we, you know, we, we, we know that we will win and then we will be able to go towards the Super League, all that kind of stuff. So I guess until that, which could definitely kill the Super League, by the way, until that, there's still a, a, bit, a little bit of uncertainty, I guess. So that's why he's playing on. But you're right, it's a lost cause. I think he knows uh, now that even Juventus have, are out of it, it's only him and Barcelona. And we know that the, the relationship right now between Laporta and Perez is not great, obviously, between Real Madrid and Barcelona. So I'm not even sure that they would together be on this anyway. So it's, it, but, but he can't really, until someone said to him, listen, you have to give up now because it's, it's just simply technically cannot happen. He will have to fight for it uh, or suddenly he feels like it. Uh, from the ridiculous to the sublime, then, Girona have been the fairy tale story of La Liga so far, and that will continue. Earlier today, they were in Madrid taking on Raiver Cano, and they find themselves 1 0 down five minutes in. Uh, Alvaro Garcia with the goal. Yeah, I mean, a little bit of fortune with the way the ball forced to Garcia, but credit the closing down, and then the first touch of Garcia just sits up nicely for him. Nice stab finish. Three minutes so before the break, Dogbick would make the most of the defender losing his footing here to make it 1-1. Yeah, just gets a little bit flummoxed by the movement and simple tapping after that. And then, 20 minutes into the second half, this will prove to be the winner, Savio. And what a goal it is. I mean, it's a tapping in the end, but look at the little exchanges at the top of the box here. And just stretching the defence and then... Little deflections, have your right place, right time, easy finish, no less than Girona deserved. So, Girona were 10,000 to 1 to win La Liga at the start of the season. They are now down to 16 to 1. What were, uh, what were Leicester? Were Leicester 5,000. 5, 5, yeah. 5, yeah, back. Can I cash in now? Sorry? Can I cash in my trips now? Cash out now? I'm sure you could, yes. Right. Yeah. What, you mean to cash out? right back. You yeah. mean cash out the show? Did you, <laughs> did you put a bet on? I, I sure did. Really? Yeah. You put a bet on Girona? Absolutely. I saw this coming yeah, down. your algorithm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, Luis, this is a really cool story, isn't it? Not Shaka, this. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Not that bad, no. <laughs> Definitely it is. Definitely it is. And here in Spain, everybody is uh, very excited to see different uh, teams getting involved into the top uh, height of, of the La Liga, the top of, of La Liga. And uh, I think that we all saw that was something else, uh, something like that was coming last year. I think the Girona did a, a pretty good job. 
but no one was expecting them to be at this stage of uh, the competition at the top of the table. So we have to give a lot of credit to Mitchell, have found the way of keep this uh, team going forward. We all know that behind is uh, the group of City. They got some players on loan from there. But definitely it's a team that is a joy to watch. They are doing such a great job. And the concern is that they are going to be able to keep it on time. Uh, let's see if March, February, March, when uh, the, the, the players are not rotating or they could be tired, they see if they can uh, keep going. But today they managed to come back. It's not the first time. They've done it a few times. So it's a very resilient team. And again, I have to say, if you haven't watched it, have a look because definitely it's a joy to watch. Luis, it must be nice Saturday night at home considering the adventures that you've had this week. And if you would like to see what adventures Luis has been on, <laughs> let's see him on the little... <laughs> He's on the smallest plane in the world. There we go. He's right on the top. There's cheap seats. Uh, did you have a lovely time, Luis, on your travels? I did, I did. Actually, it was so many hours uh, on the plane. I think that Tokyo... London was 14, from wow. uh, Houston to Tokyo oh. was another 14, five is top over. Yeah, it was a, a long trip, but definitely worth it. And I have to tell you that I enjoy it. But I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, gonna enjoy tomorrow that we go uh, triple header with all the games that we are gonna Oh follow. yeah, triple header so tomorrow, what, isn't it? That was a long way in economy, that, isn't it? Put Stevie on a trip like that. <laughs> on the GoPro on his head, see how long he survived. <laughs> Steve, you've got, you got to go to Bogotan, and you've got to talk here. <laughs> <laughs> What would possibly go wrong? <laughs> We'd never see him again. <laughs> His luggage will be in Hawaii. Uh, Luis, as always, thank you very much. As you mentioned, a big triple header for you tomorrow. Barcelona against Alaves, followed by Sevilla against Real Betis in the Seville derby. And it all ends with Atletico taking on Villarreal. Those games back to back to back on ESPN+. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With Bayern Leverkusen action on Sunday, that win for Bayern Munich against Heidenheim would put them top of the table. Harry Kane getting two in that tie. Meanwhile, despite that great win against Newcastle, Borussia Dortmund would lose against Stuttgart by two goals to one. Here is Erin Terzic after the match. That's a difficult one, I guess, for you to sum up. Can you try and put it into words, though? Very difficult. Again, I can repeat myself like I did seven days ago. Um, uh, deserved defeat. We just had too many players that didn't, didn't get to their level today. 
and it's not it's not enough to, to compete on this level against a good side. Um, credits to 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 Forfby Stuttgart, they did a really really good job today. But in the end, uh, it's totally up to us because we we. Um, let it happen and so we are really disappointed today. How would you see the assessment that results have been better than the performances so far this season? Or is that unfair? Uh, actually, it's always the same. So we are Borussia Dortmund, uh, we know with, that we are under pressure. If we are winning games, we know that the opponent was bad. If we are losing games and we are not managing to win games, then we are bad. So nowadays it's very hard to be good. Because every time, uh, if, if you now win against Newcastle, they tell us, yeah, but Newcastle was not on their level. Same uh, a couple of weeks earlier when we managed to win against Hoffenheim, against Wolfsburg and so on. And so today it was totally up to us. To today we wasn't on our, our toes. We, we wasn't on, on that level that we expect from ourselves, uh, where we want to be and where we want to compete. And again, we are in a, in a, in a situation where it's very hard to explain, hard to take. Uh, the boys are now out for 10 days um, with the national teams and then they have to come back and then we have to bounce back once again. And this is, this is the most annoying thing. This is the most annoying thing that we are s talking every season now for years that we have to bounce back, have to bounce back. And this is something that is really annoying us. Once again, it's a frustrated Enin Terzic. He sees his side sitting fourth in the table, though. So, for the moment, Bayern Munich are top. For more on those two games, let's hear from Ali and Kay. Thanks, Dan. Both games played at the same time. Two different stories coming out of those games. Let's start with Dortmund, who did not have a good day at the office. Edin Terzic himself said, though, it was a deserved defeat to Stuttgart. <laughs> and he is right. He's 100% right. Borussia Dortmund in the first half did not even show up. And when I tell you that they didn't show up, they didn't show up in any facet of the game. Gregor Kobel was the only one that was trying to keep this team in this match. It was embarrassing the lack of energy, the lack of intensity, the lack of interest, the lack of tackling, defending anything from Borussia Dortmund. There was no life. So much so that when they scored the goal, and I can't believe that they actually scored a goal, and neither could they. They couldn't, they weren't even celebrating. It was like, uh, or, or, or yeah, super, I guess. They knew they were in trouble. And then Stuttgart scores a 1-1. And, and again, how do they score the 1-1? Borussia Dortmund split defensively all over the place. There are spaces everywhere in transition, which we have seen. We saw last, last week in the Classicer. We saw it the week before against Eintracht Frankfurt. That continued today. This team's performance in the first half was awful. Slightly better in the second half, but really, when you think of the totality of the 90 minutes, you look at Stuttgart, deserve winners, and the story of Sergio Rassi came, coming back from injury, scoring the penalty. They had missed three penalties in a row when he wasn't playing. He comes off the bench, scores the game winner. Big performance from Stuttgart, Borussia Dortmund, not so much. Yeah, brilliant from Girassi. 15 goals for him already this season. Problem is, Harry Kane plays in the same league and made it 17, mm -hmm. as you've already seen in this game for Bayern against Heidenheim. What to take from it, though, away from the Harry Kane factor? The fact that Bayern Munich got themselves into trouble, they were up 2-0 and seemed comfortable, almost bored. And when they got bored and some substitutions that happened there with Thomas Suchel and player personnel and rotation of players didn't quite make a whole lot of sense and 
kind of took the structure away from Bayern Munich. They get into trouble turning the ball over at once again, playing out of the back, give up a couple of goals. Now it's 2-2 and it felt like Bayern Munich said, okay, all right, well, we're, we're, we're done with this. Let's go back to what we were doing before. They score a couple of quick goals. I think it's important Rafael Guerrero, who hasn't played a part with this team given an injury, he actually comes off the bench and scores a goal. He's a player that can give this team some flexibility down the left-hand side, can play in position of Alfonso Davies or maybe joining the attack through the midfield, which is the position that he played today. Chupo Moting also scoring a goal, so while we focus on Harry Kane, and rightfully so, the fact that you're getting other players other than Leroy Sané and other than Harry Kane scoring goals gives this team variety in the attack. Bayern Munich simply too good for Heidenheim in yeah. the end. Harry Kane already with more goals this season than last season's top scorers. 17 last season, it was 16 between Fulkrug and Nkunku. And now it's Leverkusen who are chasing Bayern. Leverkusen will be in action against Union Berlin tomorrow, and they'll be hoping to take top spot back in the Back to you, Dan. Thank you very much, Kay. Just a reminder then, it is Bayer Leverkusen against Union Berlin. That is the early game as Xabi Alonso's side look to go back to the top of the table. That's followed by Werder Bremen against Eintracht Frankfurt. And finally, it's Leipzig against Freiburg. Now let's head to France. PSG were terrible midweek, weren't they? Beaten comfortably by Milan. Uh, they were taking on Rem three minutes into this one. And Dembélé finds oh, Mbappe with a lovely volley. Well, deep cross from Dembele to pick out Kylian Mbappe here. What a volley this is. Just control bottom corner. Really nice. Into the second half we go then. Carlos Soler plays it into Mbappe who gets his second. Great movement to be fair in there. Goes to, towards the penalty spot then ducks in behind the defender. And the hat-trick would be sealed Eight minutes before the end of the tie. Defender just loses Mbappe again. Much further out, a lot more to do, but comfortable with the finish. So PSG wins off the table. You think from there we would just move on. But wait, this is what Luis Enrique had to say on Mbappe after the game. I'm not very happy with Killian today. Why? Because managers are so strange. About goals, I've nothing to say. I have no complaints, but I think he can help the team a lot in a different way because he's so important. I'm gonna tell him first, and after that, I will never tell you because it's not public. We think Killian is one of the top players in the world, no doubt about that, but we need more, and we want him doing more things. That's my opinion. Uh, <laughs> well, he's, not, he's, not, he's not telling him first, as he's told no, us. But that, that's, that, that, for all of this, let's just address that first, where he says, I'm not going to tell you publicly, which is just exa is exactly what he did. No, he's not going to tell us why he will tell Killian. That's what he meant by that. Oh, well, I think we can uh, have a good idea. I, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course we have. Yeah, of course we, we can have a good idea. And if you watch the game today, like, like Luis Enrique... Uh, did from his bench and us in front of the television or in the stadium. It was pretty obvious, I think, to, to, to just guess what he's going to say. Off the ball, lack of work rate, this is nothing new. We've had this conversation many times before. Craig has had, a, has had his opinion on Kylian not running back, not defending, not working for the team out of possession, so we know that. In possession, even today, despite the three goals, and he also hit the crossbar, we didn't show in the highlights, but he could have easily had four or five even today. Uh, but even with the ball at times, he forced his game. He played maybe a little bit too individually and not 
with the rest of the team, which is, which has been a problem at times this season. We saw against Milan in midweek too, where he was on his own, not really getting great service, but when he had the ball, not just really playing with the rest of the team. So I like the fact that Luis Enrique said there's still a lot for him to improve on and a lot of things to work on, and that's why I'm not happy. Uh, I, I'm, I would want to think that Kylian would be receptive to that uh, positive criticism, let's call it that, that way, because I don't think it would be like anything, anything negative in the sense that, you know, this is terrible what you do. I think they just want him to be better, especially collectively. But yeah, it's a bit strange when you win 3-0 away from home against a really good team that, by the way, didn't deserve to do 3-0 today. Uh, and then someone has a hat-trick and yet the manager is still uh, a bit more down than not with him. Frank, do you agree with Jules? He's put a very sun, well, sunny disposition on this. Well, the thing is, that where I agree with, uh, with Jules is the fact that I re exactly know what Luis Enrique is going to say. I think uh, normally the coach doesn't need to, to do that in a way that first the player knows exactly what he does and what he doesn't do and what he should do and, uh, and, and his teammates too. I will be the captain and I will, uh, I will aim uh, uh, Marquinhos in that matter. I will go to the dressing room and I will talk to Kylian. I say, Kylian, I love you. You're a talented player. But next time you don't run when you lose the ball, I tell you, I'm going to kick your butt very, very hard to, to make you understand. And first time I'm going to do it in a dressing room. The second time I'm going to do it in front of the people. In the, on the stadium, to show to the people that you are teasing us, you don't respect us. That's the main concern that I have about Kylian Mbappe. Terrific players, you know what he does in the three goals, it's amazing. But that's not complete, that's not the, the commitment that we want from a player nowadays in football. Uh, you had players like Romario at the time, of course Messi, uh, who didn't want to run when they lost the ball, but it was a different football. Now you need in, uh, in, involvement from everybody. And what does Kylian and what he did in the Champions League and what he did today, it's not enough. In a modern football, it's not enough. And if he doesn't understand that, he's going to be punished. Imagine next year he goes to Real Madrid and does that. People are going to say, what? Who, who, who does he think he is? So he has to change that uh, thinking because otherwise he's going to be smashed. Uh, smash back. But Luis Enrique could have done this all behind closed doors, couldn't he? When asked the question, he said, yeah, great hat-trick for Mbappe today. And then when he next sees him, say, oi, I need you to be starting work harder. Yeah, easily. But as Joe said, it depends how receptive he is to it. And I, I, I would imagine that he may be fighting a bit of a losing battle here because, listen, you know my thoughts on Mbappe's lack of work rate. I, no question about his talent. That is, goes beyond debate. However, if Kylian Mbappe, his work rate could be questioned in the French national team, and if Didier Deschamps, to some extent, has to accept his unwillingness to work back in games like World Cup finals and semi-finals and blah blah blah, this a difficult. It's going to be a difficult, and I don't agree with that. I don't agree with it how he goes about it. But Deschamps has had to accept that he's got to work around it, and I get the feeling here that. Come hell or high water, Luis Enrique is going to have to work around this for the short period that Kylian Mbappe is probably going to be remaining at PSG because th this is what this player, certainly in latter years, has been all about. And I, I don't really, even with addressing down behind closed doors from an experienced manager, 
Do you think he's going to say, oh, I'm just going to change my approach now and start chasing fullbacks back? I, I don't think so. I, I kind of get the feeling that Luis Enrique has tried to have this conversation with Kylian Mbappe. And it, it, nothing, nothing has changed. And now, while, yes, he has, he has said it, he's emotional about, about having that conversation with Kylian Mbappe and nothing happened. And he's asked a question about Kylian Mbappe and is, uh, the emotion uh, uh, gets it better of him. Maybe the fact that it's, it's so public with it now that he's going to have this conversation, maybe that, that has an impact. Um, but truth, truth be told, that this conversation needed to be had. Kylian Mbappe, to add to, to the dimension of the player he already is, needs to start to recognise what's, what's needed. But this doesn't stem from, t t from this game oh, today, right. right? This is a consequence, partly, of that horrendous performance in Milan. Right, where Luis Enrique knows in, in France the possibility of getting away with it is quite high, like they did today. In the Champions League, he knows once they play the real elite teams, there's no chance, there's very little chance of getting away with it. So he's, he's going to try and fight it early. But as I said, I, I think it's probably going to be a losing battle. And then obviously after the game, he's asked about the Real Madrid rumours, Jules. <laughs> yeah, which again, we, we kind of expected, we heard a lot, um, we saw what was reported in Spain for the last 10 days or so, one day it's like he's coming, he's coming this summer, another day it's like Real Madrid are not interested anymore. I'm not sure really, I don't think Luis Enrique knows anything to start with, uh, I don't think even Kylian, certainly what we're being told is that Kylian himself doesn't really know what's going to happen at the end of the season, which might be a lie and everything might be already agreed with Real Madrid or... I don't know, but certainly that it seems to be the, the point now at, at PSG. Nobody's too worried, no, nobody's too positive either. It's neither one or the other. It's just let's wait, let's wait. And it's still only November. A lot of things can happen between now and, and May, June, July. So, but yeah, it was inevitable in a way that Luis Enrique would be asked about those rumours. Uh, we'll say thank you very much to Frank. But if you'd like to see more of Frank, he's not an extra time today, but he was there yesterday. Uh, you can check that out over on our, <laughs> this, on our YouTube channel. <clears throat> Meanwhile, in Italy today, we saw Juventus register a 2-1 win and go top of the table ahead of Inter, not intern. Meanwhile, Milan were cruising, 2-0 up against Lecce. A good week for them then, after that good win against PSG. But yet, as we saw last week, Jules, this Milan side are at sixes and sevens and giving away points of fun. Yeah, today was bad. I really thought, because like you said, they were cruising, go 2-0 up quite early, had a decent first half. And then, especially after the hour mark, when, when Lecce, to be fair to them, had a triple substitution that changed the game. Sonsoni was an amazing impact sub. And then on the other hand, when you look at purely putting Yunus Musa right back uh, to, to replace Calabria when Florenzi was on the bench, who is a far more right back than Musa will ever be. And I understand that Florenzi played left back last weekend and had a shocker. Okay, I get that. But right back is more of his position really than left back anyway. But Musa was terrible, they, he was completely all over the place, completely lost. And to be fair, Milan probably deserved to lose that game because not only Giroud got sent off right at the end on his 100th appearance for the club, but also on the almost literally the last shot of the game, the VAR called the referee back to see, okay, I think he's a foul on, on I think it was Piccoli on, on Malik Chow. 
but it was there was not much in there and I think they were pretty fortunate that the goal was disallowed in the end otherwise they would have lost that game 3-2 when they were really in cruise control for all that first half leading 2-0 up at halftime. Uh, Jules, as always, thank you very much for a lot more from Jules. Be sure to check out the latest edition of the Gavin Jules podcast. Just a reminder, the latest one will drop on Monday. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Uh, just a reminder, Extra Time is next. Shaka and Craig. Just the two of you, no one else. That's it? Yeah. Answering your questions. Uh, be sure to stay with us. Welcome in then to the latest edition of Extra Time. I'm Dan Thomas. What was that, that music? There's a lot going on in our ears. <laughs> there is a lot going on in our ears. Not a lot going on between our ears. But no, that's a lot very true. Uh, Shaq is here. Craig is here. Why is Craig on? Manchester United won. <laughs> <laughs> tried. <laughs> tried. You're very, very critical of them, uh, aren't you? I try to, I try to divert. Right. Just watching the game. So. No, you were nicer to the Spurs and they lost. Probably nicer to Newcastle and they lost. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? When, you, when you absolutely hate somebody. <laughs> Chelsea, though, you admit you hated. Yeah, Chelsea, right. I said I hated. I just hate everybody. Uh, Shaq, I hate Shaq. I hate you sometimes. Well, most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. Not Shaq. What no. was it I called him earlier? Big bad Shaq. <laughs> big bad Shaq said. I was like, no one has ever I'll tell you what, it's Shaq a, was big bad. Hey, it's a face he puts on, he's horrible who he is. Oh yeah, yeah very much so. Oh. As opposed to you, just sunshine oh, and Nigel over here. Oh, me, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Off camera. Yeah. You know what's annoyed me recently? Life. <laughs> the last couple of shows, and I was, was talking away. Yes. And the other day it was only me and you. Yep. And you're fiddling away on your phone. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at things that are coming up. Well, and I've already finished making a very valid point. <laughs> and now I'm having to pad to stay on the camera while you prance about on your phone. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm doing some research. Well, do the research before the show. It wasn't apparent that the research was needed before the show. <laughs> during the show. Like. On the hoof, sorry, think, oh, on the phone. I so next. He's either getting some information or he's ordering a pizza on Grubhub. He's doing something. He ain't are. freaking <laughs> listening. Egg loves his Grubhub pizza. I do. <laughs> Normally he falls asleep before it arrives. Well, that's a good job I never fell asleep the other day before he arrived because he reversed out at my mailbox and oh, knocked yeah, over. Yeah, he did it at your mailbox, yeah. didn't he? Oh. I had to go and cement it over. <laughs> With the <your> driver? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's six feet under. 
He did look a bit worried when I came out. <laughs> Just to confirm, the driver is even going. He's very much alive and right. doing well. Thank you very much. Uh, when Van der Ven and Madison return in January, Shaka, what position will Spurs be in? Uh, if Liverpool win tomorrow, they'll be fourth, won't they? I think they... I'm going to go fifth. Fifth? Briefly. Villa are going to go ahead of them. Right. But then they're going to pass Villa back again okay. before the AC. Their next game is Aston Villa, which I found out during the show, during my research, Craig. Oh, when after Craig made his very valid point and I had to pad. And I, the one valid point, I missed it. Story of your life. Something to react to, and now you're freaking patting away on a phone. Extra pepperoni. It was a typewriter. He was pepperoni. He got some pineapple on there. Um, what about you? And the thing is, I was talking about Girona. I was running out of things to say quickly. There you are. What mean? What about me? What, what about, about me? Spurs. Where are they finishing? Not finishing. What are they going to be? Where will they be in January? There you are. Thanks, uh, fifth. Okay. Do you agree? Where will they finish overall? Fourth. Okay. Aston Villa. <laughs> City, Liverpool, Arsenal. Is City, Liverpool, Arsenal. Yeah. Fifth. Craig, how did Chelsea pull off selling Mason Mount and Kai Havertz for a combined £110 million? Amazing, isn't it? Not bad. People don't realise Chelsea, you know, for all the money they've spent, uh, they've had some, they've they've sold some really good deals. Yeah. Eden Hazard was £100 with one year left in his contract and a dodgy knee, as well as a few dodgy... That wasn't this ownership, was it? That was a different one. Huh? That was a different ownership. Same football club. I know, but the money that's been injected since Todd Bowley has come in, when you're looking at to balance his books, you would I'm just have, saying, I am just saying that Chelsea, over the years, whilst they've spent big money, have been quite cute at selling players as well. That's what I'm saying. Right. I'm not talking to you about ownerships. <laughs> I'm just saying. Right. However, yeah, Man United coveted Mason Mount, and he's, again today he was on the bench. He came on for Christian Eriksen, who who got injured. Uh, the Havertz one was, yeah, I mean, 70 mil for a player who had showed He no. defended him again today, didn't he? Took him off again today. But yeah, he... Uh, <laughs> that, that, that's how we defended him. Yeah. Like, let, me, let me save you from yourself here, Kai. Yeah, it's, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the, the, the lack of defence will be when there's a big game. If other players are available, Kai Havertz doesn't play. And so there's, there's his defence. Craig, do you think the Bournemouth players were a little more motivated to beat Howe's Newcastle today? Did you have extra motivation when you played your ex-manager? Well, I think a lot of those players maybe not have been there when Eddie Howe was there, I don't know. But yeah, did I play against my... Uh, I don't remember playing against an old manager, Right. if I'm being honest with you. I'm trying to think. I don't think I did either. Oh. I think it's old clubs, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Old clubs, not old managers. There's one or two I would have been motivated to play against. Oh. Like who? <clears throat> Shut up. <laughs> Where is Hullet these days? What's he up to? Uh, do you think the Bournemouth players... Oh, we've done that one. Craig, Vinicius Jr. and Rodrigo are scoring regularly now that Jude is being rested. Will they be glad when he starts playing again, or does it matter? Shouldn't matter. No. So I would imagine it doesn't, but yeah, they did. Scored in the Champions League, uh, got two apiece today, four between them. Bellingham's going to walk back into the side, so they have to deal with it. Uh, but they've stood up so far, but it doesn't, no, it doesn't. certainly shouldn't matter. 
to a player. He's just sat in the stands with his mum, wouldn't he? Did you ever sit and watch a game with your family? Um, I don't think so. No? I'll think about it. No. No? I'm not sure why that's a thing, Dan. I just, I just thought it was just a thing that I'd bring up. Thanks, Dan. I'm, I'm not sure what to do with that. My old boy would be like, I'm not going to the game, you're not playing. Oh, I see. I, I would imagine the family's in Madrid, so it's a bit of a trek, clearly, from Birmingham. Yep. Or surrounding areas. <laughs> and, uh The suburbs. My family would come to see me first playing. They wouldn't come if I'm... And do you blame them? No. No, I'm just saying they wouldn't come to see you if I'm injured. That's a long old trek from Trinidad. No, most definitely. Would you be more nervous if your family were in the crowd? No. Huh? God, dear. That's the kind of question you ask a kid. <laughs> <laughs> You're nervous your parents were there. Professional footballers, for God's sake. Uh. Playing in front of 60,000. Yep. Oh, my God. My mum and dad's here. <laughs> what if I have a bad touch? Is that more worrying? All the other 59,900 that want to come on and kill you if you're not yeah. playing well. Okay, tell the Luke story because you haven't told it for a while. What? When you went to watch him play. Yeah, he told us not to come to watch. <laughs> My oldest. And we did. And I hid as best I could, but he saw me. Did really? he? Yeah, and he went and stood in the corner of the field. Really? And he refused to play until you left? Just went and stood in the corner like this. I wonder where he gets that stubborn streak uh, from. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. So I told you not to come. I said, well, you know. My kids love it when we come. Yeah. Which is a bit... <laughs> but, um, yes, because you're lovely, yeah, looking just, great. Like, so they're not judging anybody. The yeah. school team was, a, was never had anybody sent off, but they were a man down. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he did as well. Oh, brilliant. I didn't know that yeah. bit. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Craig, Harry Kane is currently on pace to surpass Lionel Messi's record of 50 league goals. Kane's on pace for 54. What chance do you give him to pass that record? No, uh, slim. This is a rate of knots that's going to be difficult to keep up. Why? Because it's a rate of knots that's going to be difficult to keep up. <laughs> but why? <laughs> because it's a... <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Don't look at me, I, I'm no well, help. You yeah. help. Well, you could have helped. You've been no, no help. No, no, y'all go ahead. I'll, I'll order pizza and grub hub. Well, what's we, the go-to topic? What was Lewandowski's? Uh, Isn't that 46 or something? Yeah, we did it yesterday, didn't we? What was it? Go, go to I'm going to look it up, but I get shouted at. Uh, <laughs> Lewandowski was 50-odd, was he not? When he beat Gerd Miller's record. So when Kane surpasses that, and we, we could just up. say that Lewandowski wasn't that good. Right. Whatsoever. Bacon, pepperoni, jalapenos. Oh, okay. Not that you're pineapple golf. That's, that's not a bad hack, mix. You put it? ice cream on yours. I mean, you just, just, just. Won. Forty-one. He got Lewandowski. What in the league? Yes. Yeah, but that that Kane's goals is what seventeen in the league. Oh, I'm confused. Been a long day. Yeah, se no, seventeen in the league. You're right. 17, yeah. 11. What is it in total? Twenty-one. Yes. Twenty-one. Well, it doesn't matter the total. That is irrelevant to the conversation we're having. At See, the I never get that, and I've had this discussion before. Okay. We shouldn't. We shouldn't just isolate it to league goals, it's goals for the season. Right. Across the board. Okay. Because it's goals. So Rasmus Hoyland's having a good season. Is he having a bad season? Oh, he hasn't scored in the Premier League. Well, he's... Get me his goals on the phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's got five in the five. Champions League, isn't he? But this is specific, this question's just about the league, about that record. Look at me, I'm leaving us to you. 41. Oh, will he get more well, than 41 let's, goals? Let's slow it to 41. Will he get more than 41 and break the record? Yes. Will he then break Messi's record of what was it? He's going to get fifty. He's going to get fifty. He's going to get fifty. I reckon he'll be around fifty. Okay. 
And we, oh no, it's 50 league goals. 50 league yeah. goals, yeah. That's what Messi oh, got back 45. in. 45. Hmm? 45. 45. It's a lot of league goals, that. But Messi was hmm? What do you think? Yeah. 45. 45? Mm-hmm. But what way did you stop listening to the <laughs> Pizza and jalapenos. Questions for Craig. Got to keep it clean, Craig. What's the funniest heckle you've ever heard against you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I told you this one, didn't I? There was a very lovely chap at Chelsea who, before the game started, leaned over the uh, the tunnel area as it was then. It's maybe more enclosed now. It was open as you went down to uh, get ready for the game, shouted uh, very loudly in my ear, I hope you die. <laughs> so was that? This was a Chelsea fan? This is right. one of your own? Right. Because I'd made him, it was the week after the uh, FA Cup semi-final. Ah, where that's I'd, with the pass back of doom. Where I'd made the blunder. Pass back of doom? Yes. Did you make that up? <laughs> so I'd made a bad mistake in the FA Cup semi-final. Most Chelsea fans were fine, it's a mistake. This chap, I think it must have hurt him a little bit more. Clearly. It did throw me back a little bit, not many things have wow, thrown me back. Wow, did it really? Yeah, well, you know, it's quite a lot to hope for that, isn't it? <laughs> I, I hope I, you die. I had some similar last week. Remember the guy? Oh yes! <laughs> the Grim Reaper's yeah, following you. The Grim Reaper. That's why the Grim Reaper is after you. Wow, yeah. That's what I got. I know. I, and people used to call me Mr. I know it's for Craig. I think I used to get called Mr. I had a pink shirt when I was playing for Reading. Right. So all, all the fans it kind of spread through through the league. It's called me Mr. Blobby, they had a song and everything. Wow. Great. Mr. Blobby was a famous character on a TV show on a Saturday yeah. night in England. I was large and pink. Yeah, but he was big and fat. Yep, yep. So I had that, and then I remember... um, What was the song? I can't remember. That was a long time ago, Dan. Um, For the 2006 World Cup qualifiers, I I was on the bench, Calvin Jack was starting, and warming him up before the game, playing away to Costa Rica. I remember specifically. So I go, help with the crosses for the goalkeeper who was starting, and the guy comes bolting down the stand, in, in Costa Rica and in perfect English says, Shaka, you're old and you're fat. <laughs> I just ran back up. I'm like, wow. oh, God. <laughs> that, that, that made me chuckle. That oh, there are some good ones. That, 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 honestly, it was so in perfect English. It was so funny. I remember my second game at Celtic. Like, yeah, we lost right. we lost the first game at Celtic at Hibs. We were playing them Femlin at home. Let's just say there was a few questions been asked of the team and the new manager, Vim Janssen. Okay. And Dunfermline had just scored to go 2-1 up. Oh, the place was howling. I mean, absolutely howling. And I ran over to take a throw in quickly. There was about five minutes left. And as I picked the ball up, and at Celtic Park, it's really on top of you. And this guy came right to the front and shouted, Hey, Billy, why don't you bleep off back to Chelsea? And I looked at him and went, I wish I could. Oh, oh it was... Wow. Yeah. I thought, that's nice. Nadeem always tells the story of when he was playing QPR or the abuse he got there. And then he came to MLS and, and, and was playing for RSL and an opponent's fan came up and went, you're not very good. 
<laughs> oh, they love it. You know when you used to go, if you went to warm up with the grill, some of the comments, you could wind the fans up so I'm rotting oh, And they start frothing their mouth running down oh, to the Sue Ness was the king of that, wasn't he in Liverpool back in the day? When oh, my God. Galatasaray, oh, my crikey. Right then, final questions for Craig. Start, bench or sell? We talked about these yesterday. Jan's fish race video, Shaka's commercial, or Stevie's raking leaves video? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, this is not... This, this. <laughs> we just need a reason to show Jan. I, I just need to know... I just need to know where to put Shaka's commercial and Stevie's. Yeah, Stevie's this is number one. Stevie's, this, this is this is this is top of the charts, right? Yes. For for the whole year. Yeah. Like, it's not even in becoming close. It's, it's oh. number one. In fact, I think this this video this, this video may never be beaten on this show. Okay. It would take a lot, wouldn't it? I mean, I've seen some. Oh, oh, I'll yeah. tell you what, though. The sides, the oh, the sound. Man. <laughs> They are unique. I mean, look at me with glasses on and everything. Oh. Well, what a sight. Oh, oh. There's, old, there's old Mr. Blobby. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, wait for the pass. Wait for the pass. There it is. Oh. Look at the sweat. How long were you playing for? Oh, I was like, oh, it has a good hour and a half. Why is everyone else sweating? That was a good hour and a half in, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's something a bit poignant about that. Oh, wow. Magic. You know, it's, it's romantic. Got, it's got meaning. Yep, yep. Magic. What about right? Stevie whacking leaves? What's oh, going on? Oh, <laughs> As we've said many times, why this guy <laughs> just won't open his wallet and pay somebody to do this? I mean, he doesn't look as, he doesn't look as if he's actually getting any leaves. Oh, whatsoever. goodness. <laughs> He's angry. Yeah, exactly. Ah, look angry. Do you know if you hate doing something so much, you just pay. Yeah. Right? There's nothing. Yes. You just pay for it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that is it. We but, but then he's tight. Uh, he's oh. tighter than a photo finish. Uh, wait, Pete wants an answer. Which one would you have second and third then, if you have number one? Tell Pete to get stuffed. Right, okay, there we go. <laughs> ESPN FC is back tomorrow. Pete's producing. Me and Craig. Yeah, get stuff. I'll tell you tomorrow. Oh, what a treat. Mr. Blobby, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm working very hard. Are you here? No. What are you doing then? I'm working elsewhere very hard. Are you, Shaq? Where? I can't tell you, Dad. You're on one of those sides again? It's like Luis Enrique. I can't, I can't tell you. Wow. I'll make it public. Don't make it public. We have to make it public. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.